is this team AFC Championship or bust? You know, the season was pointless if we don't get back to the AFC Championship. And I just, I can't get myself there. You're now listening to the Wandering Buffalo Podcast with your hosts, Andrew Chang and Justin Goddard. Hello and welcome into another episode of the Wandering Buffalo Podcast, a show here on the Built-In Buffalo Network. Uh, thanks for joining us here. Guys, we made it. It's week 18. The, the regular season's almost over, but you know we got to preview this game against the New York Jets. And as promised, my co-host is here, the one and only Justin Goddard. Justin, how you doing? I know your schedule's been kind of up and down like a roller coaster, much like the Jets season. So, uh, <laughs> how how you doing? Yeah, it's been a wild few weeks. Uh, I'm very glad to be able to join you today. And and as you mentioned, kind of bittersweet. Um, glad to be at the end of the season and sniffing at the playoffs, but also just. It seems like it's going so slow in the season, and then when you get to the end of it, it's like, oh, damn, it's already over. Um, so that being said, I'm kind of excited to just move past this Jets week, you know, win, lose, tie, whatever, and, and get to the real meat of the season and get to the playoffs. Right. Um, but but a little bit sad that the season's coming to an end. Right, right. I, I definitely I can echo where you're coming from because – it, it seems like it was gone in a blink of an eye, and for the most part, the Bills kind of got through the season relatively well, and we'll get into that in this episode. But uh, as always, you can find us on most social media and podcasting platforms, and even on YouTube by searching up the Wanting Buffalo Podcast. We have four segments for you today, and without further ado, we'll just get into the first one. Justin, I know this is your favorite. You're a big stats guy. I'm being facetious, of course. <laughs> uh, so we're going to start with stats, and we'll start with total offense. Heading into week 18, where do you think the Jets land in total offense? Uh, 24th. That's a pretty good guess, actually. They're 21st. Last week, hey. I'm pretty sure the Falcons were the 24th ranked offense. So the Bills are going up against... A slightly better offense, I guess. Currently, the Bills have the fifth total offense, and when you break it down to pass and rushing, the you know the Jets actually have the 17th ranked passing offense. The Bills have the 10th. I don't think that's comes to any shock. I you know I really thought the Jets passing offense probably was a little worse than that, but 17th is a pretty good spot for them. And then when it comes to the rushing offense, this is gonna you know, and this is because of the game that Devin Singletary and Josh Allen just had against the Falcons. But the Bills come in sixth in rushing offense currently right now, which is kind of strange because the Bills, at least as of recently, aren't uh, well under Brian Dable, aren't known for running the ball that effectively. And this whole season's been like it's Devin Singletary's fault, it's Zach Moss's fault. We need Matt Breida. Well, that didn't work out. No, it's the offensive line and that jumble. And we can't even get our you know preferred five out there. No, it's the scheme. But when it, when the dust settles here in week eighteen, they're the sixth rushing offense somehow. And then with the Jets, they're twenty fifth. So I, a lot to unpack there with the offensive side in terms of stats. 
What are your thoughts about that? Yeah, there's a few things that kind of jump out to me, and I think kind of the elephant in the room one I'll, I'll go at first. Um, the, the Bills having the six rushing offense is kind of mind-boggling to me. Um, kind of curious to to look at those numbers a little bit more and see, like, you know, what what does that number look like if you take Josh Allen out of the equation? Because oh um, <laughs> obviously he, he becomes our, our most dangerous rush, rushing option so often. Um, but, I mean, it, it, it's one of those things where you can't really just, you know, take him out of the equation there because that's that's part of what makes him who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that kind of pops out to me that, I, I think that's a pretty significant jump up from from last week too, if I'm not mistaken, like five six spots. Um, so yeah, we did we did just have a really good game on the ground, um, kind of at the expense of the passing game. Um, the other thing you mentioned there, the the rushing attack for the Jets, that it doesn't really surprise me. Um, I think with Michael Carter, he's kind of been been coming on for the team. Um, but kind of a similar situation to the Bills. They have some rookie um, offensive line players. They have Mackay Becton out for the season. Um, so kind of like a shaky offensive line there. Um, what I what I will say is I'm a little bit surprised with, with the passing numbers. Um, I just wasn't a big fan of Zach Wilson coming into the draft. And I know that, you know, he missed – Missed a chunk of games in there, and you know you had Mike White for a, le- uh, a week leading the NFL in passing, and what that does to the numbers and whatnot. But they've also had had stretches where you know Corey Davis, that they signed to be their big name wide receiver, has missed a lot of time this year, mm-hmm. and then you know some younger talent in um, Mims and Elijah Moore. Um, that wide receivers don't necessarily always produce early on, particularly with a rookie quarterback. So passing game is, I guess I would say it's a little bit further along than, than I would have anticipated at this, at this stage in the game. Right. Let's transition over to the defensive side of the football, but I will say this about Zach Wilson. He's a rookie and yes, that's super obvious, but you know, us as Bills fans, we got to take a step back and think about Josh Allen as a rookie. It's hard for me to critique a rookie and go like, oh, he's a huge bust because we had Josh Allen as a rookie. And I know this game specifically stands out to me, but do you remember that Packers game performance? Terrible. And even Josh Allen's most recent game against the Falcons, you know, the three interceptions, not his best work. And I thought that stuff was kind of behind us, but, you know. It, it can happen to anyone. So I, I guess I'm saying what I'm saying is that hope if you're a Jets fan and I'm trying to be as you know neutral as possible here, there's a lot of upside there. So you, you, he's got to put in the time and if he can develop the right way, who knows? This could be um, someone the Bills have to worry about for the foreseeable future. And that's kind of giving some hindsight into our following segment. But uh let, let's transition to the Bills' defense, or I guess the overarching stats for the Bills and Jets here. No surprise here, Justin. Uh, the Bills, number one ranked defense, the Jets. Where do you see them overall? Uh, I feel like they have a 
pretty pretty good defense, but they're probably on the field more than most. So I'll, I'll put them around like 12. 32nd. So you're off by 20. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Passing defense. I'm usually close on my guesses. Yeah, usually. Uh, passing defense, number one, the Bills. Where do you think the Jets are? So that that is where I would think that the Jets are weaker. So I'll I'll put them at the 32 there. 29th. And then rushing okay. defense, where do you think the Bills are and where do you think the Jets are? Uh, Bills, I would say somewhere around the 9 range, and I would put the Jets in the top 7. All right, the Bills rushing defense ranks 19th, and the Jets rushing defense is 29th. 29. Well, I am better at guessing offense than defense. Yes, yes. and I, I don't think it comes as a shock that the Bills' rushing defense isn't that effective. We, we've we known this for quite some time, and it doesn't help that Star or Lutule is kind of like in and out, in and out. And But, you know, Harrison Phillips is starting to emerge as, uh, I guess, usurping his role. But there's a lot to be seen right there, and with that kind of turnover and switching the gears, our our Achilles heel probably isn't going to improve, which is our rush defense. And, you know, I, I remember like two seasons ago, or maybe it was last year, that the Jets' run defense was actually like really good. I really wasn't expecting it to be 29th. And uh, I guess I'll just turn it over to you. What, what are your thoughts about those defensive stats? Yeah, I, I think where I think where that surprises me with their rush defense is the two key pieces that they have on their defense i think these are two pieces that they can build around in real kind of cornerstone players in uh, cj mosley and quinn and williams and i know quinn and williams has missed some time this year but that dude's an absolute monster up the middle um kind of just being like a space eating d tackle mm-hmm. kind of in a similar role to what we look at Star Latulale for, but he also has six sacks doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, so just that run stuffer up the middle, and then an elite level linebacker in CJ Mosley. I mean, I know he's kind of on a on a down year here, um, but I know we've talked about it on the show. I just I I can never get the idea of that that Jets game out of my head when we were down sixteen nothing, and CJ Mosley was just all over the field ruining everything mm-hmm. um so i i feel like the defensive side of the ball for them it it's very similar to the offensive side for them where they have some really good cornerstone building pieces and they have to fill out around that and and that's a tough thing to do when you talk about you know these guys contracts coming up and if they want to move somewhere else and you really just have small windows to work with to fill in the spots but i do think they have a pretty good base to work with right now right and then uh you know just kind of just to briefly go over the injuries here from what i'm looking at espn currently elijah moore's out of this game uh george fant is out of this game so two offensive weapons gone elijah moore's had a promising rookie year when he was on the field uh and in terms of defense kyle phillips defensive end gone bryce huff defensive end not gonna be there he's on ir and then oh uh, jamison crowder is also questionable for this game and yeah so 
some injuries that could possibly bring those statistical numbers down even further when they play against the Bills. But I do want to transition to the special team stats real quick, and this will take like only a two, a couple seconds, but I think this is interesting. Right now, special teams, the Bills are seventh at returning. The Jets are number one. They're, they're the number one returning team in the NFL. Kicking, the Bills have the edge. They're 13th. The Jets are 28th. So that doesn't you know, come as a surprise because the Jets, I'm pretty sure I've been flip-flopping kickers for a little bit, so didn't work out. And then punting, Bills are 25th, and it's probably good that we haven't punted in two straight games. <laughs> and then the Jets are 15th. So right kind of in the middle, what the big thing that I think stands out between you and me is the fact that the Jets are number one in returning the football. And I'll let you flush out your thoughts here, but I have a surprise stat for you right after you, you uh, get your thoughts out there. Yeah, I think there's a little bit built into, into that number of and kind of like having the repetitions of – you know, you see how many average kick returns come out to, you know, the 22, 23-yard line. And to me, this is kind of like when you have the running backs by committee and nobody really gets going. Um, for me, it's like the opposite in, in their kick and punt return, or their kick return game in particular, um, where they're getting scored on a lot. And they do have a good returner in Braxton Berrios, but I think it's also kind of when you get more opportunities, um, you know, you can average that 22-yard return by like everybody else does, but you get more chances to, to crack one for 40, 50 yards. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm not saying that's like, you know, the sole reason that they've been succeeding there, mm-hmm. um, but I do think that factors into it of just kind of having having the extra work to, to kind of boost up the numbers a little bit. Right. You ready for the surprise stat? I love a surprise stat. Corey Bajorquez is the punter for the Green Bay Packers. Where do you think he's at for punting for the Green Bay Packers? As a reminder, the Bills are 25th at punting with Matt Hawk. He's probably number one. No. he. <laughs> I love that dude. <laughs> Corey Bajorquez is, uh, I believe, 11th. He's 11th. So... 14 spots better than the Bills. And, you know, it's funny I we're talking about that because on Sunday night I watched this man kick like a 20 or kick punt the ball to like 20 yards, and I was like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> the inconsistency is real. And then in terms of kicking, because, you know, that was the big reason why we brought Matt Hawk in is for his holding abilities. I already mentioned that the Bills are 13th. Where do you think the Packers are in terms of kicking with uh, Boho holding the football? I feel like they've been doing better recently, but I, I I recall earlier in the season Mason Crosby just like undressing Boho. Uh, I'm gonna put them at 18. They're 21st, so difference of eight. That's that's what the Bills were were trying to do. They were like, you know what? We'll drop, we'll go up eight spots in kicking to go, and the trade off is 14 for punting. So. I guess that's how the Bills were kind of thinking about the, the trade-off. Yeah, and and I will say there have been times this season where Matt Hawk has just been absolutely painful to watch. Mm-hmm. And 
just like getting in a situation where we're about to punt, I'm like, can we just go for it? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think over the last two weeks, we kind of have seen where the Bills' strategy was with that. Right. And that, you know, um, Bojo just like barely qualified for, for league averages on punts last year because we punted so infrequently. Right. And I think that was kind of the plan going into this season was like, well, Matt Hawk's a great holder and we don't punt a lot. And beginning of the season, we had to punt a lot more than we were expecting. So it, it kind of showed his warts. Right. Um, but last two weeks, he was a great punter to me. Absolutely. <laughs> well, let's transition uh, over to our second segment. And that's, I guess, the debate that's, it, it's a good problem to have. It's to either rest or start the starters. And... I'll let you kind of flush your thoughts out here first because I do have an opinion, but I'm not so sure we'll see eye to eye. We'll see, though. Yeah, so I'm I'm probably going to be a little bit of an unpopular opinion here, and I'm, I'm kind of for resting players in this game. Um, maybe treat it more like, you know, second game of the preseason where they play like a half to, you know, make sure they're still in their routine and whatnot. Um but for me personally, um, it's it would be great to see them win the division and really clinch that up and you know go into the playoffs on a high. But I I also just kind of feel like the Bills have a better chance going on the road in the playoffs. As as bad as that sounds, and as much as I would love to see playoff football in Western New York, I think over the course of this season we've kind of seen Josh Allen play more within himself within the system and you know taking what the defense is giving him and taking the profits I feel like we've seen that more in road games and at home it kind of feels like whether it's the weather affecting the game or if he gets you know a little extra hype for the for the home crowd Um, but it seems like at home we're kind of chasing more of the big plays versus being methodical like we can be um, so personally, I think the biggest thing that the Bills can do to help themselves right now is go into the playoffs healthy and, you know, already missing a huge piece like Trey White. You know, it's already going to be hard enough to overcome. God forbid, you know, a Stefan Diggs goes down or uh, Deion Dawkins, something like that. So mm-hmm. I'm, we've, we've secured the playoffs. We know we're going to be there. This game is mostly just to toy a little bit with the seeding. Um, me personally, I, whoever gets put in front of you, go beat them. But I'm more concerned going into the game healthy than winning this last one of the season. You know, for me, I want to see the starters play. And I guess the reason why I want them to play is, one, I want to lock up the division because back-to-back years... That'd be fantastic. I do want to acknowledge what you said because I had this, I had that same feeling, and I was like, man, Josh, you know, the Western New York home games, at least right now, they, they haven't been so hot. And when he's been on the road, you're right, he does perform better. And I believe I heard this on Joe Marino's pod that he looked up the statistics of how he plays away versus home. And when he plays away, he's far better. Well, maybe not far better, but 
a noticeably no, noticeably better in terms of quarterback rating. So if I guess if I can put my selfish reasons for wanting to buy AFC East champs merch again uh, away, then then yes, I guess I would like to sit the starters, but you can't sit them all. And I think that I think keep you know you want to keep keep the train rolling, right? The Bills are kind of on a hot streak, and they got to stay hot. I I don't necessarily think that sitting your starters is good if you want to keep that momentum moving forward. You know, outside of the last game, the Bills, you know, kind of were on a tear ever since that second half of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers game. And if you want to take out those three interceptions, which you can't from this most recent game, the Bills were still incredibly efficient just through the ground and not through the air. So I'm for, I I say this all time, just to come back to my original thing is that I want the Bills to play their starters and get out there and keep keep the fire going, right? Keep this keep this engine rolling and, and stay hot. And we're gonna move on to our next segment, but before we do that, we're gonna take a quick break and we'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. We're going to wrap up this episode by uh, talking about our two last segments here. And here's the third one. And we're not a New York Jets podcast, but Justin and I kind of briefly want to talk about the future outlook for the New York Jets and I guess their trajectory in terms of their success and what, again, we're not experts, what we think that looks like so justin i'll let you i'll let you go first because i know you you've done some research on this so let's hear it yeah so i'm gonna save zach wilson for last um obviously he's probably the most important piece to that team going forward um but where i feel the jets are right now is i i feel like they're finally having finally have a competent gm um, I like Robert Sala as a coach, so I, I think that's right off the top two areas where they, they've really kind of been lost for a long time. It reminds me of like the Doug Whaley, Doug Marone, those kinds of days in Buffalo, and, and they seem like they have a good direction there. And then you kind of look at some of their, their younger building pieces, um, Michael Carter at, at running back, I feel like he's started coming on pretty strong for the season and they're doing a lot of, you know, split carries in the backfield and he's kind of taking over that lead role and type of guy that can do, you know, a little bit of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he's looking like he's going to be a pretty good piece for them. Um, you talked a little bit earlier about Elijah Moore, um, having a solid rookie season, I know he's a guy that you you were liking for the Bills going through the draft process, mm-hmm. and maybe you should be a scout because he certainly looked very dangerous this year with you know some weak quarterback play going on around him. Um, then the guy I talked about early, uh, earlier, Corey Davis, I think he's an absolute stud of a receiver. If if you get some decent quarterback play going, he can stay healthy. Um, that that's a really solid one-two punch at receiver. A um, couple other pieces. Mackay Becton was looking great at left tackle. 
Um, obviously, was lost for the year with an injury, so we'll see how he comes back from that. Um, but you pair him on the left side with Elijah Vera Tucker, who they drafted this past draft. And, really nice. You piece. know, it's a really, yeah, really solid left side of the line if they both, you know, kind of continue panning out um, how they want them to. And then one of my favorite players uh, on the defensive side of the ball is Quinton Williams. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned him earlier. He's just a monster filling up the middle. Um, He affects your run game, but he's not just, you know, a run stuffer in the middle. He'll get after the quarterback. He can take on you know, two, three blockers and, and still be the one making the play and not just free up other people too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think they have an absolute stud there in the middle. And then the most obvious one, uh, Zach Wilson, and really all those great pieces that they have, um, as we see in the NFL, really don't mean all that much if you don't have competent quarterback play. And you know, you talk about how much I love my stats. I got a surprise stat for you. Okay. Um, you were talking earlier about, you know, Zach Wilson as a rookie and and how we remember Josh Allen as a rookie. Um, so just some passing numbers from their rookie years. Um, Zach Wilson's at 2,247 yards this season as of right now. Mm-hmm. Um, Josh ended his rookie year with 2,074. Mm-hmm. Um, so Zach Wilson does have the edge there. And, and um, Zach has missed some games too. Right. And, and then you move into touchdown to interception. Um, Zach Wilson is eight touchdowns, 11 interceptions. Um, Josh's rookie year, 10 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. And where the big differences between what their rookie years looked like is Zach Wilson adds 161 yards rushing and four touchdowns and Josh's rookie year he had 631 rushing yards and added another eight touchdowns there Mm. um so as far as like passer wise um very similar numbers and is that you know something that the Jets can you know hang their hat on that you know maybe Wilson takes those steps that Josh Allen did um maybe I would still say that Josh Allen is kind of the anomaly to come from where he was to where he is now. Yeah. Um, but a little something to to look at for next year that it's it's not unprecedented to to be able to make jumps from the numbers he's at now. Um, so that that's going to be the biggest focal point for that team going forward. Yeah, that is a a lot to unpack there. And I guess I'll start with the offensive weapons and defensive weapons that you've highlighted. I don't disagree with you at all. I think those are, if those picks pan out, then this is this is going to be a really pretty a pretty well put together team. Now you look now if they don't pan out, you're going to end up with something like and no shade intended, but. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, right? They, what, they, they had like three first-round picks like three years ago or two years ago or something like that. And a year later, like, for example, Noah Iganobi. I, I'm sorry if I mispronounce your names. I, I just need hooked on phonics, apparently. But 
he was a first round pick and he was a healthy scratch or I believe was at least on the bench when the Bills played him. So they and then um some of their what Austin Jackson, their other first round pick, he's not good. He like that pick just hasn't panned out. So I guess if these picks work out for the Jets, then yes. That, that this team is going to be r- something to be a, a team that's going to be formidable down the road, and obvious that's an obvious statement, right? You know, if if every team, if my team hits on every draft pick, then we're going to be we're going to be a serious problem. Well, yeah, but that just doesn't happen. So it, it is what it is, and this to kind of add to your topic here is that. The Jets currently in I'm on I'm on over the cap have the ninth most cap space going to the offseason with forty eight million a hundred and thirty thousand and twenty seven dollars. So that's something big. The Dolphins have the number one, since we're talking about them, seventy four million two hundred and sixty six thousand six hundred and eighty two dollars. So as I, you know, made kind of took my jab at the Dolphins. They have the most money to rectify that through free agents dollars. And the Jets also have the money to kind of go around and patch up some holes there. So we saw the difference that the free agency the Bills had when they brought in Cole Beasley, John Brown, uh, John Feliciano, uh, Mitch Morris. Who else did we bring? Uh, That's Sarah. Yeah. No, no, no. That was last year. Uh, uh, you're right. And that swing tackle that moved to one. Oh, uh, Ty and Seki. Ty and Seki. Like that free agent class. We went from six to 10 to 10 and six. Just like that. With one, and not saying it was all on that one free agency class, but it certainly helped. We also had like 116 or something like million dollars to spend, if I'm not mistaken. But still, you look at these free agency dollar allocations, and that can really change things around real quick for you. Look at the Patriots. You know, I I think they're ahead of their rebuilding because they had a lot of money and they dished it out to, you know, some good free agency players, Matt Judon being one of them. So I I know I just kind of hogged the mic there and went on a bit of a rant, but I say this, that if the Jets can hit on some of their picks and get the right free agents, again, super obvious statement. They'll be good soon. Fans just have to be patient. And as us as Bills fans, that's something we have to keep on our radar. Because the Jets could be on the rise. Could be a couple years from now. I would anticipate two, three years. They'll probably be really good if everything works out. If not, well, restart again. (laughs) Which the Bills or the Jets are very accustomed to. Much like the Bills. Yeah, and I think that was a fun little exercise to do because I, I was glad you brought it around to the Miami Dolphins because um, the Jets in particular have been very bad in the division for very long, and I feel like the the Jets and the Dolphins are in very similar spots right now, and the Jets are kind of just like a year behind the Dolphins, um, and the Dolphins have obviously had a very terrible start to the season um, but came on strong in the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. And, and both teams have a lot of infrastructure in place, and they're just kind of that 
can their quarterback take the next step to to make them kind of right up there competing with teams like the the Bills and the Patriots. So yeah. And uh, before we get into the last segment here, since we're talking about salary cap, the Bills are twenty six at nine million seven hundred and fifty seven six hundred and eighteen dollars uh and the patriots are 18th with 28 million 340 uh 170 so that's something to be mindful of (laughs) draft and develop baby yeah we have to hit on those picks uh let's move on to the last segment here and that's just who we being justin and i want to face off in round one of the playoffs and just kind of a quick look back at this season and where we started to where we are now and just our overarching thoughts. So I guess I'll kind of kick this one off here. So who's, who's in the hunt right now? It's the Colts. It's the Patriots and the chargers, right? And there's some, you know, in the hunt teams that could possibly make it. But it's looking like, as of right now, I think I saw a stat that it's 34% chance that we're going to get the Patriots. I don't necessarily want that, but I also kind of do. You know, bring them back to Orchard Park when the winds aren't going crazy. Let's see what happens then. But I'd rather, let's say the Raiders make it to the playoffs. I'd much, much, much rather play the Raiders. Hands down, because I think that the Bills can easily hand hand that team an L. Um, no disrespect to them again, but you know it is that's just how I personally feel. I definitely don't want to play the Colts, and I not to say that I'm necessarily scared of the Colts. It's just that it's just a bad matchup. The Colts' strength is the like the rushing attack, and that seems to be the Achilles' heel of. The Buffalo Bills. We got them in the playoffs last year, but they definitely got us in the regular season this year. And then when it comes to the Chargers, yeah, Justin Herbert balling out a little bit, but I could see the Bills, you know, kind of going at them too. But uh, I, I guess if I had to put it in order for the current wild card teams, I would do Chargers, Patriots, Colts in that order. Yeah, the the Chargers are a team that I, I think would be a really interesting matchup. Um, their defense has really struggled this year, and I, I feel like they're still kind of in that getting their repetitions to, to kind of take the next step. Um, the young quarterback, young coach, mm-hmm. uh, newer coach. Um, so the Chargers are somebody that I wouldn't be all that concerned with matching up with, um, but I do think they could be a tough outing. Um, as far as kind of the matchups go, how I feel about our team is, is there's nobody that really particularly, I'll say, scares me mm-hmm. um, because I think we have the talent to to play with anybody in the league. Um, I will agree with your statement on the Colts. Um, if I had to pick, you know, the one team I, I would really prefer not to see. Um, it would be the Colts. And I think that's an interesting one because, you know, I, I've heard a lot of chatter going around about like, 
oh, they embarrassed us in the regular season. Like, let's get them in the playoffs where it really counts and get our revenge. I, I'm not. I, I don't need that storyline going into a game to to hype me up. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the playoffs. We're already hyped up, and Jonathan Taylor. For my money, is the best running back in the league right now, and it's a similar situation to the first time we played New England. Like they won games with Carson Wentz throwing it like five, ten times um, because of how good Jonathan Taylor is. Mm -hmm. So I have no interest in that. Um, The one I would kind of like to see is is New England, and for me, that's more of like. I guess like a closure thing of like right when the bills were kind of hitting their stride and it, you know, the old adage of like you to be the best, you have to beat the best. Well, as we started coming into our form, Tom Brady left the division. Um, So we never really got our closure there of like our best versus your best. Um, So I'll say the next best thing for me would kind of be, putting our money where our mouth is and, and being able to take down Belichick in the playoffs. Um, so, so that's the one that, that I would be most interested in seeing. Yeah. I guess if to add a quick note here, I'm, I'm at a coin flip when it comes to the charges of Patriots, like I, either one of them. Yeah, fine. I'm cool with it. So it's very close on who I'd prefer to play. And then lastly, before we get out of here, let's just talk about where the season started to where we are now. A lot of expectations going into the season. Super Bowl aspirations. I know you remember it if you weren't if you weren't at the game that you know all the announcers were saying, I think the Bills are gonna win the Super Bowl against and this was right before the matchup against the Steelers, and we saw best odds by Vegas, yada yada yada. And I remember the painful trip down to earth after watching the Steelers get us and that feeling kind of never really stopped because of the inconsistency of what the 2021 slash 2022 Buffalo Bills are and I'll, I'll I guess I'll put it like this have my expectations changed of course I I never really thought at the end of the day, and I'm a superstitious kind of person. I I never really want to speak into existence. Yeah, you know, the Bills are going to win the, you know what, because I'm not trying to say it. Um, <laughs> because I, 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 I wait in bated breath because I want to see it happen before I say, before I can say confidently something like that would happen. I've been burned too many times by this team, and not to say that, <laughs> The scars are in deep, but they do. But going into this, my expectations right now have dropped just a little bit, right? I still think that the Bills, and as you mentioned, can go to toe to toe with any team. That includes all the NFC teams. I really think that the Bills can go toe to toe with any of those teams. And I also think. All playoff teams, wildcard teams, can go toe-to-toe with the Bills. It's just how it comes down to game day, how our coaching staff prepares against your team, and what we're going to do about it and how we're going to adjust. 
we've seen some really good adjustments. And I keep going back to the second half of the Buccaneers game. We definitely can do it. And then we've seen some not-so-great adjustments. The Colts. I like the game plan that they had against the Colts. Let's just try to stop Jonathan Taylor and then make uh, Carson Wentz throw the football. They couldn't stop Carson, or they couldn't stop Jonathan Taylor, so Carson Wentz basically had to do nothing all day. It's that so I don't know if that makes any sense, but when it's all said and done, I'm pretty much right where I started, and my expectations were get to the playoffs, win the division, and it's looking like that might happen. Yeah, I I think I. I like your line of thinking there, um, because with with all those with all those expectations going into the season, I I think there's like a certain section of the fan base that you know basically unless we win the Super Bowl this year, they're going to be disappointed. And I'm kind of I'm Every kind of in, disappointed if they don't win the Super Bowl, right? Right, and I'm kind of like in your wavelength of thinking there. Um, but I think it's, I think it's partially like as a fan base of a team that was so bad for so long, I think we're still kind of adjusting as fans to, to knowing how to ride with this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like you said, there's 31 teams that don't win the Super Bowl every year. Um, but for me, you know, I, when I was thinking about this segment, I was thinking, you know, it was kind of along the lines of like, is this team AFC championship or bust? You know, the season was pointless if we don't get back to the AFC championship. And I just, I can't get myself there, you know, for, for how long this team 17 years without even going to the playoffs Mm -hmm. and then switching that to four or five years, we're getting there. And yes, there does get to be a certain extent where just being in the playoffs isn't, enough every year um you you have to get over the hump at some point but i also don't think we're we're in that that mode right now where all the chips have to be in the table Mm -hmm. you know we're talking the first year under under mcdermott was backing into the playoffs with you know you remember the roster we're talking tyrod taylor deontay thompson Mm -hmm. uh i can't even name half the players at this point Mm -hmm. um to looking at the team that we have built now and, and some of the cornerstone pieces and now being able to look at, you know, we can keep adjusting and rebuilding on the fly and we have we have the base set up to, to be right about where we are for the next five to ten right. years if we, keep, if we keep playing our cards right. Mm-hmm. Um, so for me, yeah, I'd like to at least win a game or two in the playoffs, make it... I'd love to make it to to that word that you won't say, um, but for me Voldemort. it's it's <laughs> right. Uh, for me, it's kind of already looking back at the season as it's winding down, and it, it's still just being a lot of fun. And albeit it wasn't as sexy as last year, um, but we're in the dance, and everybody resets their record to zero and zero in a couple weeks. So yeah, glad to be there. Absolutely, and. I don't, I don't think you can really add more to any of that, so I, I won't. So that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, Justin, I'm glad that you're here, and really good episode, and at least that's my personal opinion. 
But uh, go ahead and like, comment, subscribe, and review our podcast. It would be greatly appreciated. Justin, where can the good people find you? Uh, you can find me on any social medias at jgods22. Um, look us up. We're we're going to be looking for a lot of guests in the off season and just kind of talk bills and where we think the team's headed and whatnot. So hopefully, let us know if you're interested. Hopefully, great segments about a certain thing that could happen. <laughs> There's always Voldemort. a chance. Yeah, Voldemort. <laughs> All right. Well, you can find me on social media by searching up Two Changs. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Go Bills. Let's get that AFC East champ, and if not, whatever. It'll be okay. Hey. <laughs> We're still in the dance. Go Bills. Go Bills. Go Bills.